Welcome to episode 128 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Katamari Damashi Reroll. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a very interesting game. And here to talk about a very interesting game along with us, um, he is one of the hosts of the Pass the Controller podcast and Twitch channel. It is Brendan Groom. Welcome to the show, Brendan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be here. I I was hoping that this was gonna somehow be trivia and I was gonna be able to beat somebody, but I guess I'll just <laughs> talk in a in a cordial way. Uh, for those who don't know, I host video game trivia on Twitch every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Brendan came on and faced off against Cam Hawkins, who was on our Walking Dead series. Um, so if you're interested in that, go check that out. But in the meantime, Brendan. Uh, tell us about what you do and about yourself. Uh, so I am just a, a little little old guy over here on the east coast of the United <laughs> States, just trying to just trying to talk about video games and the stuff that we all love. Uh, I do that over at Pass the Controller, host a weekly show. Uh, we stream. I write a lot of stuff too on our website. If you want to hear my uh, bad opinions, or I guess read my bad opinions, so that's uh, that's kind of what we got. I try to champion indie games whenever I can because I love indies. And uh, where can you be found on the internet? Uh, people can find me personally at B Groom if you want to come yell at me about my horrible takes, or you can find Past Controller at Past Controller. And that's what uh, P. Can, can you spell it out for for Twitter for those who are interested? Uh, yes, P A S S Controller C O N T R O L L E R, and I am at B Groom B E G R O O M. Bet you didn't Wonderful. think you were going on a spelling bee. <laughs> Here we if are. I didn't mess up any of that, then I think I'm good for the rest of the show. Like I think we're, I think I'm gonna speak very eloquently. Well, let's roll on uh, with our talk about Katamari Damashi Reroll, uh, which is a video game developed and published by Namco, originally released on the PlayStation 2 way back in 2004. Uh, we played the remake uh, on a bunch of consoles, but the remake Reroll was re-released starting in 2018. Uh, let's start off the show like we start every one of our shows with a segment we call the fast pitch, which is a one sentence pitch about the video game. Who wants to start and give their one sentence pitch first? I will take a crack at it and I will say, take a sticky ball and roll up all the earth's garbage into a star. <laughs> I love that. Brendan, do you have a, you have a one sentence pitch for this one? Yes. Uh, how easy you wish it was to clean up your bedroom. <laughs> nice. That's good. I like that. Uh, I'm just going to call it post-it note the video game. Uh, oh, what a good 3M guy. Uh, formerly a 3M guy, so uh, had had to go there. Um, this is a, an interesting an interesting video game. Uh, I want to know what y'all's personal history is with uh, this game and with the series. Let's start with Brendan. So... Katamari is one of these things that I've always wanted to play and it simply just eluded me. Like I never had it on PS2. Um, I I never played any of the sequels. I, I was very familiar with the game. I've heard music before from it. I've seen people cosplay it before. Um, 
but outside of that, I just never really played it up until when the re-release, when re-roll came out on the switch, I was like, Oh, awesome. Like I'm going to buy this and I'm going to play it. And I bought it and I started it and then something else came up that I had to play. And then I never went back to it and I had like nothing bad to say about it. It was just, I left and never went back. And then I found myself in a scenario where we were, we were doing some charity streams and I was fishing for things to play. And I was like, you know what? Katamari's today. I'm doing that now. And I did, and I'm so, so happy that I did. Because I think everyone needs to play this game. Well, yeah, I kind of have a similar history where, like, maybe a little more in-depth. I uh, bought the PlayStation 2 game back in the day. I think I was working at EB Games at the time, and I purchased the PlayStation 2 version. Played it. Loved it. uh, Played We Love Katamari, which also came out on PlayStation 2. Uh, and then there was a 360 version of the game that was called Beautiful Katamari, which I also played. Left the series in the dust for 10 plus years, got the Switch game, played it for an hour, bounced off, and then actually just rebeat it on Xbox Game Pass because it just hit Game Pass like a few weeks ago. So that mm-hmm. is my history with the series. I adore it. Ba 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 ba. <laughs> Michael, what's your opinion on it? So you you are a resident Katamari expert, I guess. In that case, you have a lot of context and a lot of past experience. I was not expecting you to go there, quite frankly. As much as you have definitely mentioned Katamari multiple times throughout the past, and I'm on other can we episodes, play it, please, when, please? <laughs> when you said I bought it on the PS2 back then. I immediately thought, and he never played it and bought multiple copies here here on after. But um, I guess you broke you broke your 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 streak of buying games in multiple quantities and not playing them. So I commend you, Jacob. Um, I'm proud of you, and I'm so glad that you're here to give us context because Katamari has been a um, you know a, a point of shame in my like gaming past because i have not played uh, a katamari up until now i you know i think i played maybe two minutes of it uh in a demo station at uh, an eb games or something back in the day um just enough to get my head around the concept it's also a game that like you look at it you play it for two minutes and you know exactly what it is um so i never really felt like i needed to play more than the the brief encounter i had but this is the first Katamari that I've really sat down and played. So um, I'm so glad you're here to give us all that context because I don't have it. I am the player who, like, when Winamp used to be a thing because we're both old, I used to find the, like, it whips video the game ass. channels. Yeah, and I used to download the Katamari tracks by, like, ripping them off of video game FM channels on Winamp and just, like, putting it on my MP3 player, those very long Katamari tracks. So, like, y'all, I'm I'm ready to talk about Katamari and basically anything Kita Takahashi does because he did Watam, which came out on PlayStation 4 recently, which is super, mm-hmm. super weird. He did Nobi, Nobi Boy on PlayStation 3. Oh. Also very strange, yeah. Wow. So, I, I mean, I definitely have heard of... Nobi Nobi Boy and the really weird, uh, is it she and him or he and her and their their journey to like consume the universe or something, or consume the solar system or something like that. Um, yep. But I had, again, not played it and just known it as a very odd game. Um, so very cool to know that there's a connection there. 
yeah, girl uh, finished the universe in like 2015, five years after the game came out. So yeah, Nobi Nobi Boy is a weird one if you want to find some information online about it. So Jacob, I would love if you could give us like more context historically about this game. Like what, you know, what else was coming out at the time? Um, like what, what this game was like playing it back then? Um, you know, anything that you can help round it out? Because the thing that I was not expecting when we agreed to play this and, and load it up and get in is that this is basically a PS2 game. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, let mm-hmm. me use more words now. Uh, but before we do that, I want to know how you played. I said I, I played it for this game on, or this podcast on Xbox Series X via Game Pass. Brendan, is that kind of how you played it or did you play it differently? Yeah, I, I so I'm falling into your trap of buying the same. Well, I guess yeah. Game Pass is technically buying it, but bought it on Switch. Then I played it on Game Pass because you know, for whatever reason, I'd rather just not spend money or not spend the time with the thing I spent money on. <laughs> but with the amount of copies you have of Katamari on PS2, it sounds like you could probably just roll those up to your own little Katamari. Hey, and then I don't know if that's like too meta and something bad happens, but but potentially. Something to, something to go down down the path and see what happens. <laughs> Mike, how did you play? I played Game Pass on the Xbox. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I can give a little bit of context on what was happening. So, like, do y'all remember how, like, Namco used to be its own thing wow. before it got purchased by Bandai? Yes. So, we're talking, mm-hmm. like, in the, in the old days of 2004, um, there wasn't really a place for... I would consider this, like, an indie game today because of the scope and the scale and the vibe of it that makes but a lot truly of sense. there was no there was no like i want to say like single a games that were coming out so namco just puts this one out in north america and hopes that like weird people that work at eb games like me will pick it up but it was a game that went on to sell at least a million units and you know multiple games came out afterwards there was a sequel on like i said on ps2 they did a, a version on psp they did a version on 360 and ps3 and they were all kind of similar uh not a lot of change between them but each of them had something a little bit unique uh katamari was a thing that lasted for it was a flash in the pan it lasted like five years on those systems from like 04 to 07 i want to say and then died and we didn't hear anything about it for at least 10 years when they put it out, the Switch version, on uh, in 2018. I'm sure there's other historical context there about you know games that were coming out at the time, which version of Tekken had just come out via Namco, <laughs> but I think that gives you a, a good understanding of... Yeah. They did some iOS stuff, too, that back when the, the iPhone was becoming a thing. You know, like, contextually, I've kind of put um, Katamari in the same bucket as I would have put Monkey Ball. Um, mm. Where it's just you know, it's not a game that require that requires you to be into games to play. It seemed like it just had pretty simple uh, idea or concept, and it was pretty approachable. Um, but playing it, boy, is this game weird! It's yeah. got so much quirk in the way that only the Japanese can be quirky. <laughs> uh, use more words, please. Um, so it has. Uh, one the one of the most insane characters I've ever met, which is what Master the of the King universe. of All Cosmos, King of All Cosmos. That's it, not He Man, Master of the Universe, the King of All Cosmos, <laughs> who uh, what on a in a drunk bender one night decides to destroy all of the stars in the sky, uh-huh. and uh, tasks you, the son of the King of All Cosmos, who uh, let's just describe him for a second. 
He looks like he looks he's like two a, inches tall. Is he? Wait, he's wait. Two the inches tall, or the king of all cosmos. The prince is two inches. Yes, tall. Yes, yes, yes. But let's talk. Mm-hmm. Like, let's describe the king of all cosmos. I would describe him as, um, you know, he reminds me of a character from One Punch Man, who is just like just incredibly chiseled. You know that, like, uh, if you've seen One Punch Man, there's this like fish enemy who's just incredibly chiseled and like, you know, seems crazy and it always has this like puckered uh, smile. Um, reminds me of him, just like super chiseled you know pretty oddly shaped and seems pretty manicured i guess like how would you how would you guys describe the king of all cosmos brendan why don't you go first uh i i don't i don't know if there is a comparison <laughs> like for me uh like it, the the artwork and the character design in this game are very unique to me um <laughs> the king of all cosmos it, it's a shame that he's not like a stage in smash and you can play the <laughs> prince or something like it it's su- such a unique design like it's very like it feels very uh, ps2 era but also feels like like if you were to discover katamari for the first time today i don't think that that would look like outdated character design i think you'd be like oh this is yes. pretty rad yes yeah he reminds me of incineroar if you're gonna like bring it to smash a little bit uh, but okay. I was more thinking there's an anime from the early 2000s called um, Ultimate Muscle, and it's like a wrestling anime. And so, like, think of this, the king of all cosmos, like a professional wrestler who's, like, butt cheeks may be exposed because, like, he's cheeky <laughs> like that, and also, like, a fun-loving dad, too. Mm-hmm. Um, of course you would take it to both wrestling and anime, Jacob. Um, <laughs> let I think when I saw this, when I saw him for the first time, I think the thing that it brought me back to is like, what if you took Tinkle from um, (laughs) Wind Waker and gave him a ton of confidence and a bunch of steroids? Um, That's that's what the King of All Cosmos kind of like reminds me of. I don't I don't know if that strikes a chord. Honestly, you're you're not wrong there. This is like a an alternate timeline tingle, yes. like a tingle that gets like gets all three pieces of the Triforce exactly, and is just like absolutely doing whatever he wants in the exactly. world. And what that is is being buff as hell, <laughs> showing his butt. Maybe who knows? Who's to say? I have no idea. We never see the back. And you know, maybe maybe he's getting drunk and breaking the universe. But then he's got a little little mini mini tingle to help him out. Absolutely, and that. And that mini tingle just reminds me of like, what if you had a son who was a five inch walking Twinkie? Like that to me is is his son, the Prince of All Cosmos. I so think. the Prince of All Cosmos to me reminds me of a Teletubby on a diet. <laughs> I don't know if that strikes a chord, but that's what the the Prince reminds me of. Uh, yeah. So I've I've only watched like a little bit of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I feel like the King of All Cosmos could be something in a jojo-esque adventure yep i'm nodding my head so hard that i hope people can like hear the <laughs> rattling of my brain but yes yes he would fit in jojo there's a bunch of people there's like four people that are listening that are like ultimate muscle jojo woo anime <laughs> back now, now that we know what the king of all cosmos looks like and we have some description of the prince the the concept is the king of all cosmos destroys all the stars and he says to you, his son, his one ill-begotten son, uh, I need you to go and fix my mistakes, roll up all the trash on Earth, 
or all the garbage, uh, including some of the people, including some of these skyscrapers, and create enough stars for us to populate the sky at night. And on top of this, as you do this star by star, you get these very stylized cartoons that remind me as if they are uh, North Korean propaganda, um, (laughs) where it is this hyper-stylized Japanese son, daughter, and mother who uh, the kid sees everything that's happening, but the mother doesn't quite believe it. And it's just saying, yeah, yeah, that's nice. But like, we need to go. We need to get on this plane. And it shows them as they progress through that. Did I did I miss anything? You did not. Okay. So I wasn't I, the only one on this trip. No, you, you were licking some postage stamps and taking a trip with us, baby. But uh, this game is very unique, not only in its aesthetic and the way it, like the structure of it, but I think gameplay, gameplay perspective-wise, like this thing is incredibly unique because if we had to describe it really succinctly like we did, um, you use the controller and both sticks to control this ball that sticks everything, everything sticks to this ball. You collect everything in a level and... Um, the cool thing is like how perspective shifts over time. So you'll begin a level as like a little five centimeter ball. And then over time you'll get to seven and then 10. And as you grow, you get to collect different objects. You start by collecting paper clips and then the perspective shifts and you're collecting little puppies. And then it shifts again and humans and shifts again. And then you're eating up clouds. I think a, a very similar concept of game that people that almost everyone has played that I think is similar to this is I think it's agar.io or or snake mm. where you are those you are this little ball and you need to eat smaller balls and as you get bigger you can eat bigger and bigger things. Um, this is a 3D version of that where you start as this little ball and there are a few things that you're able to pick up but as you go and as you build momentum and as you build mass and size uh, you can start picking up bigger and bigger things and let me tell you, that feeling of the perspective shift and suddenly being able to pick up people or, or cars or pets or things that were previously a problem for you is one of the most satisfying feelings. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think like this game as a package does so many wonderful things. It has great art design. It has like into the it is a PS2 game and looking at this through a modern lens, it's still just because of its design it doesn't like yes it looks old but it also like kind of works for what the game is like it feels stylized enough that just because it's old super blocky polygons it doesn't necessarily feel as old as it is because the art is stylized and there's a there's a specific type of like environment you're supposed to be kind of putting yourself in for this so the art is great the music is great the gameplay you kind of have to like get your brain to to function that way like it's tank controls feels very ps1 era like it feel like the if they made a modern game in the series which i hope they do uh like they could make those controls a little bit more modern and make them make sense um but that aside like one of the most like all that stuff is wonderful but one of the most amazing things is is what you're describing is that that perspective change is like one of the best parts of the game and when it starts to happen for the first time like on a on a slowly grander scale it's like oh okay this is really cool and then when it happens in like finality when you get to the final level and you're like taking up islands and like all these crazy things are happening like 
there's you know you're like picking up tornadoes like just nonsense it's like all the moments leading up to that feel so good still even though like you're now picking up the world basically it's such a great thing that i i I don't know i've i feel like i've played a lot of games i feel like i haven't had that moment really uh replicated for me yeah and I, i used to love like you know japanese culture when i was growing up and i mean i still do And so, like, getting to experience this game and, like, picking up objects that I may not have been familiar with was cool. The music, you know, we've touched on it, but, you know, you get these, like, 10-minute jazzy, like, Japanese pop tracks, and it's just, and they loop sometimes because the levels are long, but, like, by the end of it, like, you're bobbing along and, like, you're like, cool, how can I listen to this on on my iPod back in the day? Um, and even with like the the way the controls are, like they, I, I think you're right that in uh, it does feel like a PlayStation Two game, and the controls are a little bit clunky and hard to get your head around when you know that first hour or two. But you know, I would almost say it, it fits with like the cheeky nature of the game, and that like you don't have mm-hmm. full 100% control of Katamari. Like you know, you're doing 70 to 80% of the things you want to do at all times. And sometimes you mess up and, and you bump into something and you lose part of your Katamari, but that's okay because the game isn't punishing and you can just pick it right back up. Yeah. I think you make a good point that it's not super punishing. It's not really that competitive. Um, but I, throughout my whole experience of the game, I never felt like I had the control over the prints and where I wanted the ball to go. And where I was expecting I would run into issues is, oh, I picked up this thing that's very oddly shaped and it's only on one side of the ball and therefore (laughs) it's going to be hard for me to roll it over that. But instead, the majority of my issues controlling was getting the prints and the camera both where I wanted them to be and rolling in the direction that I wanted. So it was it was not the challenge that I was expecting, but it was still not as smooth as I would have liked. And, you know, to your point, Jacob, I think it, it adds to like what this game is. If this game controlled really smoothly and you had a ton of um, dexterity, um, I think it might actually clash with the like aesthetic and weird. I don't want to say jank, but weird quirk of the game. Like it's not a surprise to me that the controls are quirky in their own way. I'm the guy who found like the really weird PS2 games, like, you know, the adventures of cookie and cream. Um, you know, I was the guy who played, I don't know, Mr. Mosquito on PlayStation two, a dog's life, Gitaru man, ribbit King, like this game. I, I, I don't know. know did you guys reckon any <laughs> Brenda? Did you remember any of those? Uh, I know a lot of those, but I have not played a lot of those. Yeah, so but I'm like, familiar with, with with components to them. Yeah, so like Guitar Man is like a a rhythm game. Um, what did I say, Mister Mosquito? You play a horny little mosquito who goes and chases <laughs> after women um, and men. Ribbit King is like a weird golf game, but like this was entirely my aesthetic of like very strange, off the beaten path, like not perfect video games. And I guess I'm just like really happy that this thing, one, was released in North America, but two, was re-released, you know, for modern consoles. How, okay, so question I have, which Katamari is this based off of and how does it compare to the other Katamari games? Mm, So this is a remake of the original uh, Katamari Damacy on PS2, which came out in 2004. Um, Like I said, there's, there's one on, there's two on PlayStation 2. 
Um, this and We Love Katamari. And then they released a PSP game, which I don't remember what it was called. Beautiful Katamari on 360, Katamari Forever on PlayStation 3. And they're all very, very similar. Uh, like if you played one, you've kind of played them all. Uh, obviously, there are different levels and high def graphics, whatever. Um, but they're all kind of samey. So if you've you've played one, you've kind of played them all. Very cool. Yeah, that's kind of what I expected. You know, I'm not quite sure you can add a lot to the mechanics of this. I mean, you might be able to add types of obstacles or, or things that you can't pick up without it destroying your progress. But mm-hmm. it, again, like this game doesn't seem like it's that competitive or involved it seems uh, casual almost by design um and approachable and because of that like i'm not sure you want more challenge in katamari 2 i might be wrong yeah no no the the, uh the like 360 game added multiplayer where you could play like split screen with two people there was like a time attack mode there was this weird like leaderboard that showed like how much much stuff you had rolled up compared to other players, which I guess like fed right into what he did with Nobi Nobi Boy, but um, yeah, it's it's very much like if you played one, you played them all. So I want more Katamari, having played this game now for the third time, but I I just don't know how you do a sequel to this thing. I don't know, Brendan, if you if you can think of a way that a sequel can be done, but this game is kind of so unique, but it's in such a defined corner that I don't know how you bust out of that. I feel like, I mean, not having played any of the subsequent sequels um, to have have that knowledge of if like if there are any types of nuances or differences in those. But I feel like to kind of reimagine the series, I mean, they could always take it in a a more departure for for the graphical style. So if he wanted to, you know, if he wanted to go a different route with the how it is visually to you and maybe pair that with music or a style of music or genre of music that kind of meshes well with that and kind of play with that. Or, you know, maybe if he was able to figure out what that next type of, uh, you know, moment would be for somebody like the three of, I think that all three of us had this experience was when you start playing with that sense of scale, how do you replicate that? Or how do you make something that makes the player feel the way they played when they first, you know, experienced that, that exponential growth as you're going throughout the game. I think those are like the kind of what make like everything else we said about Katamari. Great. Those specific things like the visual and music paired together with that, like growth mechanic that is not really like in the forefront, but when you're playing it and experiencing it, it, it is very special. Uh, I feel like those are the two things. How do you kind of expound upon those and make those the, the thing? Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> um, what were some of the favorite things that you rolled up during your experience? Um, was there one thing where you're like, hey, I'm rolling that up. That's funky. That's cool. There were definitely a few points where I was like, I would see something. I'm like, oh, I better be able to roll that up. And then I wasn't able to yet. But then eventually I you can roll up everything. So like, there were definitely a few moments where that was like my brain. I was like, I need that. Like that needs to be part of my Katamari. Like how do I, what do I have to get to get big enough for that? Um, I'm not, I don't know if there's like a specific uh, one thing that kind of got me. I feel like there was just so many cool things to pick up that it was happening often. 
where I was like, oh, I just picked that up and, you know, whether it's funny or not. I loved picking up anything that would bully you, trap you, corner you, <laughs> push you around. I It was my goal to, I'm like, okay, you're going to push me around. I'm going to get real big one day <laughs> and I'm going to roll you up. You're going to be part of this mm-hmm. thing. You're going to run away with your hands up and you're going to be screaming and then you're going to be, you're going to be one with the mass. Um, and I, I just really love those moments. I, I, I love those moments where you're also just on a roll. Like you just maintain the momentum. You don't really slow down. And then that perspective shift happens and you're like, oh yes, now I can roll over all of those things that I couldn't roll over before. And a lot of the times those things were people. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I love rolling up animals, especially, like, the ones on four four legs. Like, when the cats are doing, like, their little cat dances, like, attached to your katamari while you're rolling them up, it's fantastic. Uh, and then, Brendan, like you said, getting up to a certain size and, like, rolling over a squid or finding the, the man that's beating up kaiju and, like, getting the Ultraman in your in your katamari was just mm-hmm. super fun. I, I can't think of many experiences in gaming that are as satisfying as like going from like three meters when you start to 300 meters by like in a 20 minute span it's it's truly like and i I think mike when i was talking about this game to you i was like you don't need to play the whole thing you just need to get to a point where like maybe you get up to the seventh or eighth make a star where you really see how the perspective shifts from like you are rolling over by somebody's feet all the way up to like you're now rolling up buildings that's why I would implore you, like, if you're on Game Pass, you have Game Pass, like, just play this game for two or three hours, and, like, I'm sure you'll have, like, a phenomenal time. So, I might be putting myself in, like, weird kid camp over here, but um, did you ever, as kids, play mental games with yourself? Like, in the world, visualizing what a video game, like, create your own video game with your mind? Did you guys ever do that? Am I, like, super weird and alone on an island doing this? No, uh, no, I've I've definitely okay, okay, <laughs> probably done stuff. So, like that. so there were two that I mean, in my adult life, I'm sorry, no, in my adult life, I I gamify things all the time from time to time to like make it go by faster. Yes. Like, how do I how do I make this mundane task pass? Yes. So there's two that like stick out in my mind. One is like, um, you know, those ditches on the side of the road. Um, while you're driving, sitting in the back seat, you know, your parents are driving and you're just waiting until the ride's over. And Mm -hmm. I used to play a mental mind game or a mental game where I'd imagine I had like a character like Sonic who would, you know, be able to go down uh, in the ditch, but have to come up every time there was a driveway or any time that there was like a road that intersected it. And Mm -hmm. it was this like, you know, diving game. The second was imagining what it looked like, what it would be if like this object rolled into the next thing and how it could get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was only when I like saw Katamari for the first time that it made me feel like that mental game that I played as a kid um, like actually existed, right? Like it existed in a way that I could go and play. Um, And it's even weirder than like my kid brain could have imagined if that makes any sense. You know, it's just, it's such a weird acid trip from the aesthetic <laughs> to the music to the, like, just feeling playing it uh, from, like, a control perspective that every bit of it was just, this is odd. 
even odder than this kid that plays his own mental video games. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I used to do that. I, I more thought about like games I could create in my own head, but I understand this is like the when you're a kid like playing with your blocks and your yes. trains and like crashing them together. Like, like AR that is the, into the world. Oh, I was just going to say like crashing your blocks together, the video game. <laughs> um, but you're you're much smarter and more eloquent than I am. Poppycock. Um, poppycock. Um, is there anything else y'all want to want to chat through? I, I think I can jump into a question and we can talk specifically about the music. Uh, this question comes from uh, Link HS. I am Link HS on Twitter. They ask, favorite song? If you've played other Katamari games, feel free to select a track from them too. I don't know that that intro, the ba 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 Katamari Damashi is great. That is the only track that I think I'd be able to point out as a Katamari track. Um, again, because this is like the first one I've played, and I don't feel like I spent that much time in this game. Um, this was also a really good podcast game for me, where I would play other things in the background while I cathartically roll everything up in the world. So you missed the music is what you're saying? I didn't miss it, but it just was not a prominent aspect for me. Like I, I just mentioned, everything about this game is weird, including the music. But it did not, how do I put this? Like it didn't grab my attention any more than any other element of this game. I don't know any of the songs by name, but there is one song that is like, super jazzy and has lyrics and i that is like like i don't really think there's a bad song in the game to be honest at least in in katamari damasi reroll but that song with the jazz lyrics that has like a man singing is is really really good like i have listened to that many a times even before playing the game but now having played the game it's like a go-to pull for me yeah, but besides the the intro track, I I don't think it's the same track you're talking about, Brendan. But there's a track called "The Moon and the Prince," which reminded me of something that would be like in a Parappa the Rapper game, because um, it's like you know kind of jazzy, kind of skyy, and there's like a, a man who's like rapping over it in Japanese, and I I super adore it. Um, I guess what we're saying between the three of us is like soundtrack's great if you're a fan of J-pop, if you're a fan of anime. Uh, if you want something different out of your music while you're working, like this is a great a great thing that you should you should definitely try and listen to. Honestly, so I I just put put it on briefly to listen to that song, "The Moon and the Prince." That song is phenomenal. That song is great. Um, but I absolutely agree with you. Like if you're listening to this and you haven't played Katamari, just throw on the soundtrack. You will you will want to then immediately go play Katamari, or at the very least have a really dope soundtrack to listen to. Very fair. Um, I know this. We've we've only been talking for a little while, but uh, you know this game is is kind of cut and dry. Do y'all have anything else specific you want to talk about uh, about Katamari Damashi Reroll? It's a very weird game, but it's also very cathartic. And again, I would it's so uh, approachable. I would recommend it to just about everyone. Like it's hard to know who would hate this game. Yeah, I'm kind of with you that like, hey, you're, you're you might struggle with the controls. You know, it's a it's a dual stick tank control kind of game where if you want to turn around, you have to go opposite sides of the controller. You click both to jump over your katamari, even if it's a mild tie. But 
Uh, no, this is like a super unique game that like I wish was more people made. There was this like great period in like the mid 2000s where, you know, companies like Namco were bringing over games from the West or sorry, to the West that we wouldn't get before. This is one of the biggest. It's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. If you have game pass, like do yourself a favor, add it to your queue, play it for an hour. And I promise you, you're either going to bounce off it immediately because it's super weird. But if you're a fan of this podcast and you're a fan of me, uh, which I'm sure there's at least one of you out there, uh, please play this game. It is phenomenal. You will not regret your time with Katamari Damashi reroll. Mm-hmm. This is like th- this is a game that if it was made today would be like an Annapurna published game. Yeah, hundred like, percent. This is what this is. So if you like Annapurna games, there you go. Well, it's funny because uh, Kita Takahashi's Wat- Watam is published by Annapurna Interactive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Did you know that? Because if you didn't, then that's a that's a hell of a uh, pull. I I may have known that, um, but Katamari is definitely feels like a. Like, like you had said, like this is a game that would get made by probably an indie developer in in today's current climate of of game studios. Um, Annapurna, I mean, if they publish with Tom, then yeah, this is like this is their wheelhouse. Of this is like, of game. what if Ben Esposito was born in Japan and made games over there? Yes, very much Donut County vibes. Yeah, very much mm-hmm. Donut County vibes. I actually think. Yeah, uh, that's a key to how you might like expand the concept of Katamari in that like you know how in Donut County you there's these semi puzzles where you need to get the rabbits to create more rabbits to make your hole bigger faster uh, and things like that I'm sure that there's like a puzzle type element where you need to get certain objects that interact on your Katamari to help it grow or help it uh, take that next leap um, I think that'd be an interesting you know, way to, to take this game. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, go into your podcast feed, pull up episode 119. Uh, we played Donut County with Wesley LeBlanc from IGN. Um, please listen to it because if you like this, I'm sure you'll like that. The show's pretty good too. Uh, I think that's going to kind of wrap up our, our thoughts on uh, Katamari Damashi uh, re-roll. Please play. Uh, Brendan, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. Again, if folks want to find you and your wonderful work uh, with Pass the Controller, where can they do that? Uh, well, first of all, thank you both for having me. This is, this is a pleasure. Uh, when you had reached out to me about like, hey, you want to come on and be on for Katamari? I was like, uh, yeah, I would love to talk more about Katamari because this is like a new love for me. Like this is a new uh, you know, relatively, I, I played it what last month or, or so. So this is like a thing I've been kind of like, I feel like there are plenty of Katamari fans out there, but I haven't been able to like, it's like weird at this point. Like who's, who's talking about Katamari? Like you can't like, you're not going to hop on the old, you know, MySpace and, <laughs> you know, find Katamari fans, <laughs> get them in my top eight or something. Anyways. So thank you both so much for having me on here. This has been fantastic. Um, but you can find me, like I said at the beginning of the show, at Begroom, B-E-G-R-O-O-M. You can find Pass the Controller at Pass Controller. That's P-A-S-S-C-O-N-T-R-O-L-L-E-R. And yeah, we do a weekly show. We talk about everything under the video game and Nerd Sun. And uh, and I do a lot of writing as well, so you can check that stuff out. If you find me on Twitter, you will find all of this other stuff. Or if you go to Pass the Controller. Either one of those you find, you want to get involved in what I got going on, you will find it there. Um, but, yeah, that's 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 
that's the end of my plug. That's if, the end of me. If you uh, follow Brendan on Twitter, you can find out how much he loves Balan Wonderland. Are you, are you guys doing an episode on that coming up? Or uh, <laughs> we probably might. not. But do you have thoughts? <laughs> it is uh, Balan Wonder World. Wonder is World. What is? It wishes it was Katamari. Ooh. Like honestly, it could have been like. If a few things changed about Battle of Wonderworld, and I feel confident in making this statement, that could have been like the Katamari of platformers. It Ooh. could have been, but it's not. I'm sorry. Mike's Mike's looking it up right now because I don't think he... remember <laughs> don't. it's like Hatman, and it's it's like Super Lucky's Tale, but not great. It's it's really not great. Like it has some interesting ideas. It's just not not a good game. I believe you, and I played it, and that's all I need. I played to know. it. <laughs> I played it for charity, and the the way that it was set up was for every dollar donated to the charity was another minute that I had to stream that. Oh, no. I played that game for a very long time. I'm glad that there are heroes out there like you willing to <laughs> to take those bullets for the team, so that way I don't have to. I'm just I can it trust was, your opinion on it. I I think that that day has changed me as a person forever. <laughs> I think uh, I think I permanently have some sort of balan brain damage uh from that day i was gonna oh, say boy. there was one definitely hope for those experiences but it sounds like this was not a positive one there jesse vitelli fr- friend of the program uh was was hanging around for most of that charity stream and he was screenshotting moments uh while it was happening where you could see when i was becoming more broken like you could see it in my face you could see it in my eyes probably the sweat glistening on my forehead it was it was uh so there are a lot of sadists in your life uh a fair amount (laughs) you were like that ralph you were like that ralph wiggum gif or meme where he just says that's where his heart broke (laughs) yes pretty much but it was my brain and it was every 37 minutes uh but katamari if you're listening Absolutely, you should be playing that. No game one's listening at this point. <laughs> you said Balan, and everyone who was listening just disappeared. They're like, "Oh." Um, but thank you very much for coming on the program today. Um, you are phenomenal. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club on the internet at leftbehindgame.club. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at leftbehindclub, on Instagram at leftbehindgameclub. You can come into our Discord and chat along with us if you go to leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. Leftbehindgameclub dot... Damn. Leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. There we got there. Come in, chat with some wonderful folks about video games. Uh, and if you like the show, do us two favors. Send it to a friend because that's how people hear about podcasts is from friends' recommendations. And give us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. It helps. Uh, Michael Ruffalo, uh, where can the fine folks listening find you? The fine folks can find me at Ruffalo M, R-U-F-F-O-L-O-M, on most social places online or in the Discord server. Another easy place to find is leftbehindgameclub.com slash Discord. There is a big button on the page to bring you in. Um, and yeah, you can, you can find me most places online, but uh, but primarily in the Discord. So come hang out. And if you made it all the way to the end of the show, my later gang friends please drop a drop a note in our spoiler chat because uh, i'd love to i'd love to hear who makes it all the way through jacob where can the fine <laughs> folks find you at uh you can find me on all major 
uh, social media platforms at Jacob McCord, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. I host another podcast called Cutscenes. It is a video game movie podcast that I do seasonally uh, with two friends. Uh, we are starting up season three of the show uh, in the fall of 2021. And then I host video game trivia uh, every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's live. You can find the VODs on YouTube as well. Mike's been on the show. Brennan's been on the show. It's a lot of fun. We're also coming back in the fall. So come around for that. Michael. Please take us out. And that, my friends, is one last game left behind. Um, yeah, Brennan, where can the people find you? Bre- <laughs> Sorry. Did oh, you're you- cutting out, but Brendan did that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> You can find me uh, in Battle and Wonderworld. My bad. I got lost. My my brain was broken through the. Uh, <laughs> my brain was broken through the that last chat. It's okay. Just team me up, Jacob. What do you, what do we say to them? Nope. You gotta have me pitch my things. Wait, you didn't do yours already? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't pitch mine already. Damn, my brain's really fried. <laughs> Balan broke your brain. Balan broke my brain, man. <laughs> See, I'm just hearing about it. it it's all it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I don't even have to experience it. Hey, I'm Jacob McCord. I'm Katie Lasbrance. And I'm Travis Colnett. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game, movies, and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod. And most importantly... Give us a listen. See you soon. Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast.